welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Between the Lines. I'm your host, IBK. This is going to be like a walk-up edition. We have a lot of things to talk about. The Qatar World Cup has kicked off um, in in the winter, uh, you know, in the temperate regions. But in Qatar, it's, you know, it's like the rainy season and stuff. We're going to be talking about, you know, the developments, what's happening and everything. It's kick, kicked off today. Absolutely stunning opening ceremony and of, of course the game that happened probably one or two topics of what led to it but this week we're going to be starting with uh something that happened you know when we stopped recording when we finished recording last week sunday we had a bombshell of an interview between um cristiano ronaldo and ps morgan it really really shut down the airwaves you know all over the internet everybody was talking you know even you know, papers, everything, the whole Nayad. This was an absolute storm and a firecracker of an interview. We're going to be talk, talking on that. We're going to be touching on uh, wrapping up with the Formula One and, of course, the NBA. So let me start with you, Ay. Ay, what's up? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Um, yeah, um, we had the bombshell last Sunday. That was after the Villa game. Uh, was it Villa? <coughs> uh, I can't remember. After the, after the Fulham game. Was it Fulham game? And um, we we got a lot to talk about in terms of the the interview. Uh, Formula One ended earlier today, and uh, my my boy Leclerc, twenty second, good news. Uh, the World Cup also started a couple of hours ago, and it wasn't a very interesting start. But here we go. So I mean, lots of things to touch. I carry it back. So lots of things to touch on. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I'm very like there's no there's no uh, Premier League football, so I'm kind of lost without a Tessa ball. And uh, yeah, I just <laughs> I just leave him. Nothing, nothing to watch. Well, I mean, yeah, the World Cup this starts was between Qatar and Ecuador. I watched I watched some of it. I saw the two goals uh, from um, uh, and Valencia. That's a throwback of a name. I haven't heard that guy in, in years. But yeah, I mean, yeah, just good week. I think with without football, but yeah, we're just there's there's some developments we can get into it. Okay, so 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 like I said, we're starting off with with you know with a bombshell, crazy. Ronaldo goes ham. He talks about everything. He talks about mind you how backward the team is. He talks about you know the lack of respect and. Because um, Ten Hag doesn't respect him. He talks about how Manu didn't respect him, especially when he lost his child and this and that. You know, still sideline, um, still yapped Rooney a little bit. Yapped these guys and that guy. It was just, a, it was, it was crazy. I'll, I'll start with you, Ay, quickly. Uh, what, what, what could you take of verse one? Because <laughs> um, PS released at least in, released this. Um, um, we released this interview in a couple of parts, and the first one was a firecracker. So, what would you take from that part, first part of it? Uh, okay, um, I'm gonna be sincere. I don't know what was said in what part, so uh, I'm gonna have to ask you what was said in part one. Okay, okay, let's just leave that. What was said okay. in the interview generally, generally. that you know, you, you know, yeah, well, yeah, it was a crazy interview. Uh, well, I mean. People might say, I mean, I'm one of Ronaldo's biggest fans. I mean, if Ronaldo 
transfer to Arsenal today, I'll be an Arsenal fan for a couple of seasons. That's how much I love. <laughs> that's how much I love Ronaldo. So it's it's a bit difficult for me to see fault in him, but I've got to say, I think the only fault I see in him in terms of the interview is perhaps he should not have talked about Eric Ten Hag. Perhaps he should have left that part for after leaving United or something. But the other part, I mean, we talked about young players not being so driven, not being so responsible. It's right. These are things we've said times without number. It's not hard to see. These young players don't show the same drive. They don't they don't show the same uh, fiber that the older generation had or showed. And they're better paid. I mean, you have someone like Sancho on three fifty grand a week, and he can't even get on the pitch. So that's one. I don't, I don't say anything wrong with that. He talks about the Glazers not really caring about football because he left United. Say, I think he left United in 20, 2008 or two thousand nine or whenever. <clears throat> and when he he came back, it's still the same facilities, the same jacuzzi, uh, the same. Some facilities in the gym have not changed. Some personnel have not changed. These are genuine points. Look, there's a reason why many players have come from other clubs where they were absolute, you know, stars, joined United and they bombed. There's a reason. Zlatan mentioned the same thing. Zlatan said United looks a different way from outside than it is inside. Jose Mourinho said this thing, right? Rav Ragnar that leads to this. So, Ronaldo is not saying something all these people haven't said. This is just the first time. Perhaps someone is saying it from within the organization. And it's, it's down to the same thing. The, the Glazers are not willing to invest in the club. They just keep taking money out of the club. People come and they say, oh, United made this profit. They made this, they made this, they made that. They spent this on players. But that's not how it works. I, I explained to someone uh, a couple of years ago and I said, look, all the Glazers have to do is not take any money out of United for, say, two years. Just say, okay, look, we're not going to, we're going to put back the profit, right? So this year we'll make a $100 million profit, we put it back into development. Next year we'll take another $100 million, put it back into de- development. They're not losing anything because the asset is still there and the asset is gaining in value. So even if they don't take anything out, they don't have a personal loss because the value of the assets is improving. They're not going to suffer because they didn't pay their dividends for two years. They're not, but they're just greedy set of people. So uh, you talk about Glazers caring more about marketing and all that. He's right. That's what the Glazers care about. The the Glazers will rather sign uh, Bellingham for 100 million or Pogba for 100 million than sign Milko Savage for 50 million. There's a reason why the Glazers are like that. There's a reason why my United is gone that way. There's a reason why Man City are where they are, and United are where we are. Because Man City, the owners don't take money out of the club. Or if they do, they take very little out of the club. They invest a lot in the club, in the facilities, in personnel, in in you know the the you know the, the culture, the architecture of the club is totally different. United is not a club that, is, that likes to, United is like a crane. You want to ch- you want to turn a crane, it takes 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You want to, just to get a director of football, it took us years to get to that level. And when we did, who did we hire? 
Motor. Who the hell is motor? You know? So when you look at all these things, okay, look, what is Fletcher doing? Fletcher is a technical director based on what? On what qualification? What is uh, my feeling still doing at United? My feeling has been at United since Ferguson. Right? Okay, was was there with Ferguson, then he left, then he came back with Oregon and Social, right? Social left, Finland is still there. Where Rav, where Rav Ragnik was there, he brought his own assistant. Was that not a time to get rid of Mike Finland? They still didn't get rid of him. Now we have Eric Ten Hag, and Mike Finland is still there, earning money. He doesn't even have, we don't even know what he does. What does he do? We don't know. You have a situation where someone like Phil Jones has played, I don't know, maybe 10 games in, in, in five years. And someone was dumb enough to give him a new contract a couple of years ago. So when you see these things, you're not surprised. You know, naturally, people do not. Some people do not like Ronaldo. And, and I've told people, I've said, look, you can love United as a football institution, right? Uh, the history, uh, Cantona, Jude Best, Bobby Charlton, the Beckham. You can love United, the history, the institution what they stand for, what they've done in your community, the joy Manchester United has given you through the years. You can do all that and still hate United as an organization run by the Glazers. That is where I am. I like United based on what the joy United have, have given me all these years, the, the super, super, you know, years on the side of Ferguson, the, the players we've had, the Warcraft players, but... But I don't like United as an organization right now because we're not doing the right thing. I see what other clubs are doing. I see what I see what City are doing. I see what even Newcastle are doing. Look, how much did Newcastle spend? Newcastle are told right now in the league. Newcastle, uh, this time last year, we're in the relegation zone. This, um, this is what we we don't need a magician to tell us that what changed over there. Just a new manager, some money change of personnel and look at where they are now United will take a five year rebuild to nothing all the time so it's it's, it's it's ridiculous you know so I mean everybody will come out and say Ronaldo is being self-centered and maybe there's you know, there's an atom of self-centered being selfish and all that yeah but I mean he didn't get to where, where he is right now by not being a bit selfish so him saying oh I'm too big to be coming off the bench well, when you're 37, you can't start every game as a club like United. You should, you should, you should start dealing with that. Those are the parts I feel Ronaldo needs to work on. He needs to realize, like, dude, you're not who you used to be. Uh, you are no, you know, you just need to know you can't start every game. He needs to know that. About his kid, I, I mean, we don't know what happened really because he's saying the club didn't believe him. I don't know how true that is. I don't think he would lie about something like that. So, I guess that's another good reason to be upset. But all in all, we know United are thinking of you know canceling his contract right now. They don't want to pay up because, uh, from what I heard, they have to pay him sixteen million pounds if they cancel the contract. They're trying to negotiate to you know maybe just pay him ten million and let him go. I'm sure if Ronaldo says ten million, they're gonna bite their hands off and go. Uh, where we we'll go, I don't know. Maybe we we'll go to Portugal. Maybe we we'll go to the US. Personally, I think we should go to Portugal, play one or two more seasons there, or maybe Italy. But I don't know who can, who's going to take it, Italy, really. But personally, I think we should go to uh, 
Portugal, spend another year or two there, and then you know maybe go to Saudi Arabia for just make money or go to Asia. So we know how this is going to end now. He's going to have to leave United. Everybody's going to have to sit down, act like adults, get a settlement, and let's just move on. But he has said the truth to a large extent. It's time for the Glazers to wake up. United fans always protest against the Glazers when results are not good. But when the results are good, they're okay. It's the same Glazers. So when, what, it, even if the results are good, you still have to know that Glazers are not right for United. So that's just it. Oh, all right, all right. Um, Olajeng, you're not no. a fan of you're not a fan of Ronaldo. Your take. No. One minute. Yeah, I'll keep it short because I mean, Ewa has touched on all parts of the uh, the interview. I think the main, I think the main thing about this, from my point of view, is I think Ronaldo is coming at, at it all wrong. I think, um, well, I, 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 I'm not a United fan, but um, in a bubble of being on social media and, and interacting with United fans, I see that United fans have been talking about the Glazers. And uh, you, you know um, the the guy that was that was working as sporting director, but he was he was a finance guy. Woodward Ed Woodward talked about yeah. him. Um, also, all these kind of guys. There are names that I know, and I'm not even a United fan. So I know that United fans talk about these things. And Ronaldo has brought it to light. However, I don't think that this Ronaldo bringing it to light is 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 things that you know is is generally known. I mean, Maria has talked not talked about. But indirectly addressed it with, um, you know, his, his his comments about him coming second is the best thing he has done in his career because of the because of the structure of putting in place. Slatan has said it. This has happened before, so we know this. However, this interview by Ronaldo is coming from a selfish point of view because he's come out and said that he feels betrayed. And there was an interview with, with Jamie Carragher and, and Rio Ferdinand the other day, and it's like, but betrayed how? He's 37. Nearly in February, is going to be 38. He's not that player anymore. The stats prove it. I think United, he has started five games this season. And I said I've lost four. And in those four games, they have looked worse. And he's just not as good anymore. And that's that's what it boils down to, in my opinion. And he feels that he should still be getting a starting breath. So he's coming out to say that this and that. But he doesn't deserve it anymore. And... I feel like him coming out to say everything else about the Glazers and this and that is just it's just side points. It's just to get fans on board to say, oh yeah, he's, he's saying like he's saying the truth. He cares about the club, but it doesn't because if you think about it, he was going to go to Manchester City, and then now says, oh, but Alex Ferguson called him and then changed his mind. But if he had cared about the club, he would never have accepted the the Manchester City bid anyways, he would have, he would no, have no, stayed no, at Juventus. No, 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 that's ridiculous. We no, it's not, because how can he say it's, it's that, ridiculous. no, it's ridiculous. how can he say that Ferguson no, 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 called no. him and that's what changed his mind? It's ridiculous. He has a career, right? So if he has an opportunity to join a club, he should, he should, he should look at the opportunity. Now, if United come and say, hey, dude, you can't go, we also want you. That's a different case entirely. Are you telling me if United did not want him, you now say, oh, because I used to play for United, I can't play for City. Guys, get real, man. No, even but, no, 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 even, no, even no. Judge, even, even Judge Best played for Man City. So what are you saying? Wait, wait, what wait, wait. City, have there not been, have there not been players? Point? There have been players that have, have turned down moves to rival clubs. Wait, that, wait, that's their decision. 
Ronaldo was not even born in Manchester. So what? Why, why should no, he? Why, why should that, he but that, but I, yeah, but that's my point. I'm saying that that whole talk about he cares about that's the club true. and this is you it's can't not say he doesn't true. care about you can't say he doesn't care about the club because he, he wanted to come out. That's that's ridiculous. I'm sorry to say, very ridiculous. You, but ridiculous. you can't say it's ridiculous because he's saying that he's ridiculous because like, he, like, he has a career. Like he, has a, he has a career. He has, he has to look out for his career too now. Come on, United is not going anywhere. He has a career rounding up. If he has an opportunity to join City, he has to take it. And if United he, then that's come, not true. He doesn't United, have to take it. It's not. In, it's not. It's not because it's not. I don't in know what you money. mean. I, I, I don't. I don't know why you think he, 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 he didn't have to take it. He wanted to leave Juventus. Man City were willing to pay to bring him to Man City. I don't know if any other club that was interested, but let's assume there was no other club. Are you telling me you should turn Man City down because he played for United over a decade? No, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying you should turn Man City down. I'm, I'm so saying that you, no, saying? but I'm saying that the 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 whole stick about coming out to say, "Oh, I rejected it when he accepted it, or when he was open to it." You know, saying he, him coming out to say he's rejecting it because of uh, a fabled love of Manchester United. It's not yeah, real. Because, it's just because, to play on the emotions because, of fans. No, no, no. Because Sir, Sir Alex, uh, Gary Neville, you're feeling that all called him and do it. Come to United. If you go to City, you mess up a United legacy. Uh, a United legend. You just, I mean, they work their chance. I mean, you can't. I don't see how that is being disrespectful. Seriously, you can't mess up your career because of your love for Manchester United. Manchester United is Manchester United. You have your own career. So, I don't see that as, as being disloyal. I don't even see, I don't, I don't see that. Even if he joins Manchester tomorrow, if tomorrow City beat for him and joins, I will see him as being, being a traitor. But you don't want him. If you don't want someone, why do you have a point wherever they go? No, I, 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 but that's what I'm saying. Hold on, hold on. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not coming for him for wanting to join Man City or advance his career or uh, you know elongate how long he has his career. I'm saying that every the things that he says about loving the club and about talking about the Glazers and caring about it are disingenuous because he doesn't really care about the club. If it did, why do you, why do you, why do you believe he doesn't care about the club? Because it's if it, just, if it, it's not the, you, this man's thing is not doesn't. What about what about I don't, I don't what, what about what, in two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine when he was about to leave Madrid and he was talking about how he feels work as a as a slave and this and that. No, no, no. I actually read someone brought that up this week and I read the comment. It was Calderon that said he was being treated like a slave and Seb Blatter said he was being treated like a slave, not Ronaldo. Ronaldo never said he was interested in like said. Ronaldo said he wanted to go to Real Madrid because he had achieved everything he could achieve in England. That's fair. That's fair. He came to England, he won the league, he won the FA Cup, he won the League Cup, he won the Champions League. He was young. He had an opportunity to go to a bigger club in a country that suited him better. Where is the problem? I don't see that as being, 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 being treacherous. I don't. It happens all the time. Henri wanted to join Barcelona at some point. We used to raise we use it self-centered. These guys are not tied to your club. Especially when they're not even born in the area. It's different from players that were born in England. Those ones are personal, real personal bonds with clubs. But when a player is from Portugal, you expect him to just spend all his career in Manchester. It's, it's ridiculous. It is. Even Messi, almighty Messi, let Barcelona for PSG at the end of the day. So what are you saying? It's difficult to spend all your career in one club, at one club, because things change. New managers, new chairmen, new players. You you have to be at the top throughout your career, which is almost impossible. 
it's it's almost impossible to happen. It's almost so. I don't I don't see how that. Like I said, some of the statements were not right. Talking about Eric Tenag, that's totally unprofessional. That's totally unprofessional. That I will give you. The Man City one, I don't, I don't, I don't know how anyone can say that there's not, there's not love Manchester United. I think, I think the Man City one is just you. one point. But for me, I, I just round up on this. I think the, um, the, the interview. I think at the crux of it, he feels like he's not playing anymore. And for me, I think he cannot reconcile himself with the fact that by the time and, 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 even, and, and even he's not playing anymore, I think there are so many factors involved. Number one, Ronaldo wants to leave United. Ronaldo is naturally sort of self-centered. If he doesn't want to be at United, he's not going to give 100%. That's number one. Number two, Eric Tenag will keep bringing Ronaldo on in the 80th minute. What do you want him to do? You want him to come on and start running around with all these kids? If he doesn't feel valued, that's number two. Number three, there's a World Cup coming. So the World Cup is actually bigger than whatever United are trying to achieve. So, even when he plays, he's not going to, at his age, he's not going to try to get himself hurt. He won't want to get hurt or something. So, I think those are the factors, to be, to be honest with you. It's almost impossible for a player to drop from scoring 20-something goals to scoring so few. There are so many things involved. People will say, oh, in the summer, he, 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 he didn't resume training. Are you for real? That's, that's pointless, really. Because many players don't, don't resume those start the season with their clubs and along the line they still play so it's just and look we keep talking about Eric and Hag he has a, a lot to answer himself but getting away with it now because United are improving if at the end of the season we have issues and we're not doing well we miss the top four and the next season we miss the top four we're going to have to start looking at Eric and Hag too so of course we need to back him right now he seems to be doing the right thing but at a point, social seems to be doing the right things too, right? So, even though you can act, you say one thing to the press, you say something else to Ronaldo, according to Ronaldo. So, I don't know. Really, all this would have been avoided if they just tried to sell him in the summer instead of trying to get a fee for him. Because now you're not going to get a fee for him. You're going to pay him off and he's done lots of collateral damage to United. So, that's just it, really. All right, all right, all right. Man, we went everywhere with this conversation that I didn't know we were going to go. Um, before we continue, I want to introduce um, somebody who is joining us. He's a Liverpool fan. He's, he was my classmate, you know, in uni. Um, Folu, what's up? You can switch on your mic. As, as he's um, waiting to adjust his mic, um, the World Cup started today. Um, it was a great opening ceremony, but before the World Cup, there's been a lot of, you know, cry outs and you know, I don't know, for virtue signaling of homosexuality being frowned upon, migrant workers not being taken care of, and um, a lot of things, and the Caucasians have really, really, you know, really been at the forefront of it, and. Uh, and you know how you know it's all corruption and stuff like that and the reason why the World Cup is being played not in summer but in 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 this winter of you know of the temperate regions we all know is because you know it's too hot during the summer for anybody apart from the Arabs to play football 
you know and then of course the arabs have gone all out to splash so much money to make you know acc stadiums and make the whole place as conducive as possible but you know folks still want them to bend their rules for for to you know <laughs> so that for the tournament and everybody and, and and the arabs have stood their ground and said no of course we also know what happened with uh with infantino who too stood his ground a couple of days ago is it yesterday or two days ago and and you know spoke very to me and look eloquently about it and it was it was brilliant and of course the the, the tournament starts today qatar qatar versus um ecuador 2-0 Akolashagun like said, and <laughs> Valencia. I think he plays in. I think he plays in Turkey somewhere in Turkey. Um, two good goals. They played Qatar of the Park. Yeah, so in let me start. With... Yeah, he plays in Fenerbahce. Okay, so continue with you. Um, uh, let me start with you. Um, Ay, what's up with the World Cup? Just, just one minute. Well, I mean, the game well, itself. The oh, the game itself. Oh, man, yeah, I don't even just, know. It's, it's just, at times, I wondered if you know we had we were watching professional players. It was just awful <laughs> <laughs> from the Qataris. Uh, but I don't know. They, you know, when when you know it's your it's your first ever appearance in the World Cup and you didn't even have to qualify. You know that that says a lot. So Qatar is not a it's not a big it's not an average in terms of international football but I mean this was a letdown you know 12 years in the making really they spent big time building infrastructure for the World Cup shrouded in controversy uh, and not caring about whatever the next four weeks we bring and that's just it really they're just going to be ghosts they'll be out in the first round yeah okay um, Ola Shagun uh, about the game, yeah, I mean, I watched the game. It was it was poor from Qatar, I, I guess. Good, good from Ecuador, but I guess like the bigger conversation is, uh, had to be is to be had about the, the everything leading up to the World Cup. Um, I don't know, like it's a funny one with the World Cup because obviously at the end of the day, um, nations have their rules and regulations about. Um, yeah, what you can do in the country, you know, that's just how it goes. You, you have to respect that. They are sovereign states, and you know, if they decide this is a rule, this is not uh, this is a rule, this is something you can do, this is something you can't do. Anybody visiting that has to respect those rules. Now, I think the bigger conversation has to be had about FIFA and awarding the World Cup to a country where. FIFA is um, is is a worldwide organization, but it's, it's uh, the president is is uh, Infantino, who is European. Before that, it was Blatter, who is European. So there's loads of European influences uh, influence in in the in, in in FIFA. And there was a documentary on Netflix about uncovering, um, yeah, just um, what's it called, corruption in FIFA. It was basically talking about how. You know, from time like from the seventies, where it was uh, Havilland or Brazil, there's always been corruption in FIFA, and I think this awarding of, of the World Cup to FIFA, uh, of the World Cup to Qatar, is really a manifestation of that because of the the kickbacks and the money and the the money spent to bring it to Qatar, even though um, 
uh yeah they 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 don't they they are a nation with no footballing credentials also you also mentioned the fact that they ha- they are doing it now because it's it's rainy or, or whatever it's not it's not it's the, the weather is good however the asian asian cup uh next year is going to hold in uh in in in, in summer so that's not really a good reason um so yeah it's just look i'm not going to go into like the granular details of the, their regulations and their ruling but it's not i i don't think i think they, they, are, they are free to do their thing and they are free to have their own rules um but i think the 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 larger blame lies in the hands of fifa for awarding this to a country whereby uh i mean most of the not the the, the countries that have have won the, the world cup the most and the euros and all that those kind of countries have rules and their own way of life that is very different to that of Qatar and and they knew that and they knew that it was going to cause controversy but they didn't they didn't stop it because of because of money so yeah it's a it's a it's it's, it's there's going to be a lot of what's about you I mean Infantino mentioned it about okay what the Europeans themselves have done and I guess people are, are agree with that message but end of the day I don't think that idea is really a good one because just because people have done a bad thing does not mean that they cannot have an opinion about other bad things being done i think so i think yeah i, I think one i think one day <coughs> sorry sorry, sorry God, i think one day we need to have a talk about fifa now fifa is very well because when you fatino came in he came in as someone who you know said it was different from blatter but it seems to be following the same tactics right so for example there's an election next year and he's going to run again on a post so he's, he's doing a tall term i believe the biggest problem fifa had on that blatter and avalanche was the fact that these men were too powerful and to to in the, to just to remain as FIFA president all they had to do was just promise the smaller countries a couple of days and those ones would just give them votes and they, was, they, had to, they had to promise the the Caribbean countries because they had well, yeah. Concacaf because they had thirty countries. That was yeah. where you got Jack on, yeah. on the, the guy. Yeah, that yeah, team. yeah. Because you got many countries in Asia, Africa, and Concacaf. You know, you can, you can just you can just boost, you know, BS, UFR, BS, Comebol, and just focus on those countries. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it's one country per vote. Sorry, one vote per country. So, nope. England, with all their power, with all their resources, with all their, you know, honest system, has just one vote. Nigeria, with all the Baba said honest system. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, because you know, it's harder to bribe the English FA than to bribe the Nigerian FA, than to bribe the Jamaican FA. You know that. You're not going to go to the English FA and say, oh, ooh, ooh, okay, I'll give you 10 million dollars, these guys that uh uh something something rural infrastructure whatever you can't do that in england because the moment you pay for the rural stuff they want to see it right they want to see it done if you do that in nigeria they could just go you know they could spend us five million doing the rural stuff and keep the and pocket the rest so fifa is too corrupt and part of why it's corrupt is because you have uh the fifa president you know, having the power to, to, to run for, you know, for five terms, six terms. Infantino is going for his third term now. And I can assure you, by the time he wants to go for his fourth, we'll start hearing about corruption stuff again. It's just, they need to change that. Stop 
Anyone that's done two times, just go. Just go. So, I mean, Fatino now is turning against his own people, UEFA. Why? Because UEFA are like, okay, look, we should have taken the World Cup to this place. It's just, it's typical. He wasn't, yeah, but he wasn't the one that took the World Cup to the place. I know, he's been he's settled about 10, 12 years ago. That's what I'm saying, it's the same UEFA blaster thing. Now it's UEFA Infantino. UEFA would never really agree with FIFA on many things. You might say UEFA have been self-centered. That's so, they keep acting like the, the custodian of football. And football should only be on their continent. But let's be frank, we don't want to have a World Cup in Qatar. Qatar is not ready to host. A football World Cup. It's obvious. I I think I think I, I, I think sorry, sorry, before yeah before we touch on other things and probably maybe yeah. try and bring uh, Fugu back into this. I think that it's not fair to say that other countries should not host it because you think they are not ready. I think infrastructure wise they are ready. They build yeah, stadiums, they most I'll, teams I'll most why. most countries might not be able even the Europeans yeah. you can't say that all of yeah, them are I'm, even ready it's, it's, it's not about trust me trust me it's not about infrastructure dude. if FIFA says they are for diversity they are for fairness they are they are for gay people they are for all this stuff some of some things FIFA are for I do not agree with and I don't care about but if FIFA is saying we are fair we we want gay people we want this we want that then you cannot take the work up to Qatar it's just simple but, but 15, 10, 12 years ago, the this yeah. whole gay and all these things, we live in this world, was not as vociferous as it is today. So, look at it that way as well. Look, what I'm saying is, UEFA should not be taking the World Sorry, FIFA should not be taking the World Cup to a country that is against people uh, based on their sexual orientation and things like that. It's not just sexual orientation stuff. It's, it, you can't take alcohol. You, you know, things like that don't just to school, especially FIFA, you know, yeah, alcohol beverage sponsor. Yeah, FIFA too. is in bed with alcohol teams. Um, so alcohol what, that's, what, that's my problem with giving Qatar. It's not racism, it's not all that. Give it to countries that you know that what you stand for, they also stand for. That's what I'm saying. You get what I'm trying to say? So it's not even about the infrastructure, right. about all that. Nigeria, for example, is an anti gay country, but we're not necessarily going to arrest people on the street for being gay. You get what I'm saying? It's not Nigeria is not going to a problem with people taking beer. So, I don't know. Okay, um, I think okay. So we've looked at it. We've looked at this whole Qatar thing from a couple of sides. Um, 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 I'm, I was trying to lose stuff, and let, let's let's hope he's back again so that we can talk about it. Um, I would, I want to put the part of um. A lot of players, a lot of big teams, a lot of teams generally have lost some of their star players or some very good players. France are the ones like with the biggest hits because of the number, especially in number of players that you think, okay, you know what, these guys are the starters. Yes, it was, you know, everybody was like, yeah, it shouldn't have been in the middle of the season. It should have been in the summer. And if it's in the summer, we know that nobody would have been able to play in Qatar because it's, 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 it's semi-hellfire in terms of the hits <laughs> and everything. You know, so and they, they did the smart thing by playing they did the smart thing by playing it at the coldest time of the year for Qatar. You know, so that at least everybody would would be able to move and not die. So um follow what's your take on it in terms of um players not coming in not you know with injuries, you know, the main teams coming in or let me not say the main teams, teams generally having 
top players injured. That's one first part. But one thing that I also feel about it is that do you also think that players coming in will be so much fit and it's it should eventually be a better tournament because it's it's not at the you know end of the season but at the mid season. What's your take on it? Hello? Um hi guys. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, yeah. welcome. Yeah, so I think um first of all, um for Qatar, they have their rules and like the I think the the head of the the Sheikh said they are, when they go to London, when they go to Spain, they respect their traditions and their rules. So if you are coming to Qatar, you have to do the same. You can't bend those things because like this is like a country policy that's been there for years. It has to be called World Cup they will like cancel all of that so people will have to get i know they canceled um budweiser we drew their sponsorship because really you can't sell there so um they just have to deal with it and then for the players um it happens every time players get injured and yeah because of um they have to play in the coldest time and they have to play during the season um it happens and then Countries will have to deal with it and uh, manage their players and manage um, the team that they have. So it's a normal thing, it's just a challenge. And I feel the World Cup will go fine in Qatar. And then, always, all the teams will be fine. We just have to find a way through it. I think that's what I think about it. Olashen, thank you for Olashen, your thoughts. Uh, I think on the players, um this is december i think players or november players uh this season especially well the ones in europe at the very least um it's from september or rather august that this starts so i think from a quality perspective it should be good because players are in tip-top shape they're already in full flow they're about 14 15 games into the season so it's, it's not really half of the season but about a third of it so yeah, the players are, they should, from a quality perspective, like I said, they should be up for it. They should be ready. They should be, you know, at, at the peak of their, their powers. Um, the, the problem with having that is that 14 games into the season, players would get injured. And we've seen that. So I think France has been the most hit. Um, but also, I mean, just yesterday, Benzema got injured. Uh, prior to that, uh, Nkunku had gotten injured uh, and, and had dropped out. Before that, Pogba and Kante were out. Uh, Varane was a was um was a doubt or is a doubt, right? Um, and and there there is in other other teams as well. I mean, obviously Senegal lost lost uh, Mane the other day. Um, well, so, 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 I'm trying to think of notable um notable players that have that are going to miss out. Uh, okay, England lost Rhys James. So yeah, some players uh, teams have lost players, but I think. The, the quality on show that should still be there for the remaining players should kind of compensate for the players that are missing, I th- I think. So, uh, yeah, I think basically for me, I think it's going to be a, a good World Cup just because of how in tip-top shape, shape, tip-top shape the players should be in. Um, yeah, Brazil, Argentina for me um, are still the are still the, the favourites. And uh, for those teams, at the very least, they're not losing players, they're not missing players. I think they have anybody that is out. I know Brazil has like kind of a right back crisis with Dani Alves going, but Danilo is, is still there, so it should be good. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, today was just the first day with 
you know the game wasn't of the greatest quality but from next week we'll see um the first round of games and yeah it should be it should be good showing i think okay why before we finish before we move to other spots will this will this tournament be a slow burner but really pick up by game game two game three Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. By, um, you know, I mean, we have lots of quality teams in the, in the World Cup. Like, like, um, like Olua Shagun rightly said, today was not exactly, you know, one of those games where you, you want to judge the tournament by. Uh, tomorrow is going to be Netherlands against Senegal. Uh, unfortunately, there's no Sadio Mane. I think that's just horrible bad news for the Senegalese. It would have made that game very interesting. So, but with without money, I don't, I don't think the Senegalese will get anything out of that. And then you have England, Iran on Monday. Uh, U.S., the U.S., Wales. Uh, so Monday my time. So I don't know. Uh, the then Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland. So if you look at it, we don't have any tough, tough game until until. Oh, let me see. Portugal, Ghana on Thursday. And even that, I don't know how tough it is because uh, Ghana are so poor. I don't know how they made it to the World Cup. Really. Um, we we really dropped the bag. But, on they just beat, but they just beat Switzerland recently without party in the middle of the park. Their last, their last friendly. They just beat Switzerland 2-0. So, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, I guess I know you, then, now, then you bring... know that you know they've done like the whole transfer window thingy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Lots Sorry, how many players did they actually bring in? How many players did they actually bring in from that? I I know not a lot. I don't think. Naki, Naki Williams. And they brought a lot. They brought so they tried to bring in Cho. They brought. They tried to bring in Cho. They tried to bring in Inketia. Inketia. Uh, the came and okay, yeah, they brought in Naki Williams. Naki Williams. I don't know their names. Um, know the this guy in, in, uh, in, in, in Brighton. In Brighton. Uh, Lampe. Um, Lampe. Tariq Lampe. Tariq Lampe. Uh, they're burning a couple of players. But I, don't, I, don't, I don't see them pitching possible. But that, that would be a tough game. I think uh, Brazil said they will also be tough. But I think Brazil will win. But I think that's another tough one. Um, so we're not going to get lots, lots of tough games till. And then we have France, Denmark on Saturday. Then Sunday, Spain, Germany. That's another tough one. Then Portugal, Uruguay. That might be a bit tough. So, but the tournament gets usually, you know, gets tougher from the second round. That's when you, the boys have been slightly separated from the men. So it gets tougher from then on. But first round is usually, unless they're upset, you could have, you could have one or two upsets, you know. Maybe Ghana beating Portugal or something. But usually the first round, the big teams do well. And then from the second round, we see what's up. And with regards to injuries, people need to calm down. Every World Cup, you have injuries. You have big players that miss every World Cup. Uh, people will say because of the calendar, yes, it's a factor. Because usually, in the past, you have the season ending in May, right? And then you have like a month yeah. before the World Cup. So usually, injured players have like a month to recover. So if this was the Summer World Cup, someone like Mane would have made the World Cup, right? So like Benzema will probably have made the World Cup. Maybe not made the group yeah. stages. So that's the difference. So I get that it's a bit different this time around because players were playing last week in the league. So anyone that picked up an injury last week 
will probably miss this World Cup. But it would, have, it would probably not be the same if it was the Summer World Cup because you have a whole month to recover. So, you know, with science and everything, even players, many players went to the World Cup in the past with one leg. You know, we know Beckham went to the 2002 World Cup with, <laughs> with an injury. Rooney went to, I think, 2006 with an injury. So, it was easier then because you had a month to recover. So, even if you're not fully recovered, you're still competitive. But, but this time around, it's, it's not possible because you have a couple of weeks. It's very, I'm very, I feel very sad for Sadio Mane though because I just, I just felt Senegal were like our best representative at this World Cup. And with an easy group like this, Netherlands, Qatar, Ecuador, all Senegal really had to do was just beat Ecuador and, and Qatar and they, they would have made the second round. So it's just sad really, really sad. All right. Um, 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 thank you very much, Olashega. Yep. Yep. Till oh. next week. Oh, to next week. Uh, or during. Okay. Um. So. Oh well, during the um, week because it's the World Cup. During the week. Yeah, during the week. Um. It was fine. What happened in the Grand Prix today? Oh. <laughs> so. Um. Uh, my own boy. Um. Leclerc. Uh. Finished uh, second and. Um, he finished, he finished second in the race, and I also meant to finish second on the driver's standings, which was uh, good news because that meant the um, the Red Bull team did not have one or two that they they anticipated, they really wanted. Um, Verstappen took the season finale with the same dominant, inch-perfect execution that has, that has helped him secure his second championship. And... Um, it's just uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, who pushed uh, Max last year to the last race in Abu Dhabi. This is not the deal. It's been disappointing for him. He's, he's, he had to retire today with a uh, hydraulic problem, uh, three laps to the end. Uh, that that prompted Toto Wolf to, to just say they're going to take the car and just put it in the... <laughs> he said, "Look, he said they're gonna put the kind of reception at uh, Brackley and Big Swat, you know, to to remind to remind them every single day of how difficult it can be. I don't know what that means. He said it's just the career building season for him, and I think the the biggest insult to Hamilton's uh, ego would be that this is the first time in 15 years that he did not win a single race, uh, which is so disappointing, and he even finished behind." Uh, Russell is the first time it's only the third time he has been outscored by a teammate in his whole career and a rookie teammate that will make it even worse so he has to step up next year uh, Ferrari they must be a lot of soul searching this winter they they left it a little too late before getting their strategies right but they managed to get Leclerc to second I'm sure they'll take that and it was the last uh, race for Sebastian Vettel, who who retired after 16 years. Uh, great driver, four titles. Um, so that's is it. Is that so, Hall of Fame worthy? All of is Fame that like worthy, a Hall definitely. of Fame worthy career? Definitely, definitely, uh, definitely. Yeah. So it was uh, Verstappen first, Leclerc second, Checo third, Carlos Sainz fourth for Ferrari. Lando Norris fifth, Daniel Ricciardo sixth, 
that's another player that I think is the driver rather I think has to retire because they only have a team right now so uh, like I said I'm in to retire so that's very bad yeah all right okay um thank you very much um so um thank you very much um Bolu. so till till our next recording all right um ay mba yeah yeah Celtics, uh, <laughs> semi dominating to yeah, me yeah we do them and uh them and uh what's this team and Mil- milwaukee to me they're like the one two punch right now in the nba been playing absolutely well they have great records i think 13 and 3 and something like that for both of them they've been absolutely stunning um warriors are, you know people are people are beginning to bring up you know they've not won any home um, away games you know even when this guy scored 50 the other day that was steph even the young guys have not stepped up you know they've not gotten better Paul got paid a zillion dollars and yet they've not done any he hasn't you know he hasn't improved all his numbers are down Kaminga and these other guys everybody is not even turning up Clay might not be a starter again should not be a starter again two years of injury you know he's not really back to his real best especially defensively so what's going on what's go- let me start with Warriors and then we'll shift to your to your boys Celtics oh, well I mean it's, it's- it's obvious they've become stale, isn't it? I mean, they've become stale because it's the same core for the last, say, six, seven seasons, right? It's the same clay. Uh, six, six, seven? I thought you should, you would say ten. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. ten. Yeah, so so it's the same. It's the same core. Uh, people have adjusted to their style of play, so it's not hundred percent like it's not like hundred percent they're rubbish, but people have number one adjusted to their style of play. Uh, number two, they themselves have waned. Like you rightly said, Clay is not as explosive as he used to be because of his injury and uh, injuries. Rather. And the same thing can be said. Same thing can be said for Draymond Green. In fact, Draymond Green's decline has been has been there for a while. He's just been able to like you know manage it for a while. And the idea was okay. You have these young guys coming up, Kaminga. Uh, Jordan Poole, they'll, 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 you know, they'll bring you out of this hole that you're in. But I mean, we know, we know that's how it should be. But that's not what's going on. So the problem now, the thing now is, what's the solution? Because this is a team that is playing, paying uh, hundreds of millions in luxury tax to keep because they're paying over the cap. So which means. And they've been paying over the cap for like two seasons. So this is the third season that they're going to be paying over the cap. So they're going to be heavily fined. So now you need to decide: is it worth it to keep paying over the, you know, to pay to keep paying luxury tax to keep this team? They paid luxury tax for a couple of years when when Clay wasn't available, and they were they were getting lottery picks. Unfortunately, those lottery picks have not really clicked, but. Left to me, like I said in the in the WhatsApp group, it's time to trade. Personally, personally, I think there are two options. They either trade one of Clay and one of Clay or and uh, Draymond Green, and then maybe put a couple of picks, or they trade Jordan Poole, Kaminga, and maybe a pick or two for KD. 
I think if they bring KD back, personally, I think they should trade Jordan Poole because the older guys are on the same trajectory, right? So if you bring in KD, the similar age, they're going to be fine. The problem is they all they're going to collapse together. That's the problem. But they are the same. But they could pick you know, up. But they will also look at that. Sorry for jumping yeah. in like that. But they will also say yeah. that you know what, guys, if we trade yeah. for KD, it's a, it's a championship team. All of a sudden, yeah. it's a championship team again. And yeah. even if we're going to pay luxury tax, but if we say you know what, in the next this season and next season, and we win another mm-hmm. ring. You yeah. know, that means Steph has won five. You know, yeah. <laughs> do you understand? Yeah. And then, so it's worth the luxury tax. So they're going to have to weigh the opportunity cost, as you economists also always say. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, is the opportunity or scale of preference? Uh, opportunity cost, yeah. So, it, I mean, it makes sense. Like, that's why I said KD would be, it would be better to trade Jordan Poole, Kuminga, and maybe a couple of picks for KD. But they are that not going way. to do that. It will not help. It will not help the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets might take it. They might take it because they are rubbish right now. They're not going to win. But they, anyway. but but they, will, they would also want a superstar talent. In, and Jordan Poole is not a superstar talent. He's Jordan not even Poole. a starter. He's a uh, fifth man, sixth man kind of guy now. He's not yeah, yet that's why they're going to take Kaminga, they're going to take lots of picks. Because frankly, you're not going to... I don't know how many teams are going to be interested in Kiki. Of course, many teams are going to be interested in Kiki. But how many teams will interest KD? KD will be interested in going to the Warriors because he can win a ring. He's not going to be interested in going to, say, Detroit. So, even if Detroit can give you more picks, or the Lakers can give you, say, a D. Does KD want to go to the Lakers? So it's also important that you, KD, I mean, KD is not going to, no team is going to take on KD if KD doesn't want to come. He's very small boy. You feel me? So that's another problem. So I don't know, they'll sort, they'll sort themselves out. But I think the, the Warriors, no matter what, they're still good enough to make the playoffs. So I think they'll make the playoffs. They, but they'll probably be bounced in the first round because they're just so poor. Celtics. Uh, you know what we do. <laughs> like I always tell you, you always tend to give too much credit to Udoka, but <laughs> I, I, there's no Udoka. My team is better. So what's up? I mean, I keep telling you because it's just these boys are good. Brown and Tatum, they're getting better. Uh, the, the cast is just we're defending well. I don't know. We just. I just we're going back to the finals, baby. <laughs> we are. <laughs> All right. Let us wait and see. And uh, okay. finally, uh, Kyrie Ivan is back. He has apologized, so he's gonna play uh, this evening. From what I heard, against uh, Memphis. So that's another one. All right. Okay. Okay. With that, we come to another end of another exciting episode of Between the Lines, our 60th episode. Um, make sure you check us out on all all podcast platforms um, we release a new episode every morning Monday morning for 10am for this World Cup one we're going to be doing a couple of like two episodes in a week or so thereabouts or what we'll, we'll, let, we'll let you know about it um, anyway thank you very much
Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, we'll do it again next week. All right. All right, thank you all, and good night.